It's the AA Show, an arrogance appropriation show, man, for January 11, 2023. How are you? How is it going? How goes it? Well, I had to inspire that AA off of Lizzo, what she said, what, which is, uh, hey, cancel culture is an appropriation. <laughs> we should focus on real problems. Uh, kind of paraphrasing her here. Haven't I been saying that the entire time I've been on here? Which is like I said is a problem with so-called liberal people who aren't truly liberal like I am. You know, opening to hearing ideas and different thoughts and diversity of thinking. Even though if it's something you may disagree with, you know. Actually having hard conversations as adults. You know, I thought that what's the classic, not even classic, the definition of liberalism and liberty is about. But anyways... Thanks, Lizzo, for pointing it out, but I just go like, you know, I, I can't believe it took this long for someone to kind of put it in words. But you know what? Good for her. And then uh, a lot of people coming in going like, talking about body image issue and all that stuff. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. She th- let her do what she wants. It's like her and Adele. Like, why'd you lose weight? And I'm like, why not lose weight? Ashley Graham, that's the other one. I just go like, you, she wanted to be healthy. Those people wanted to be healthy. So what's wrong with that? What is that, a, like a betrayal of whatever? But anyways, I'm not going to talk about that. Main thing I wanted to catch up on was, uh, one, follow up to the episode last week, um, which was Jim Harbaugh episode, which I recorded on a Monday before the Monday Night Football all that went down. You heard the disclaimer. And then uh, ever since then, the update is, uh, one, University of Michigan is potentially getting a notice of violation for some inappropriate uh, recruiting during the COVID-19 2020 season. When they had a bunch of dead periods, you're not allowed to go more than whatever hours on a Zoom or video call to scout. And also, you know, U of M had, has had a coaching staff that's really assistants, but actually are coaching. So you get an unfair, theoretically, an advantage of coaching that other schools like, I don't know, Central Michigan or something don't have. So, and Jim Harbaugh has been kind of rebuffing the NCAA investigation of this shit. I think one other program that got caught doing this was like one of the basketball programs. Was it Florida or something? Somebody in AC, SEC. I, I haven't looked it up, but you know, they play dirty in the South, as they say. Uh, so he was probably going to get suspended, I'm guessing, like two to four games, like Urban Meyer did. But I just go, what the fuck? Big fucking deal. Are, they, are you going to like stop, you know, making money flow, like ban them from postseason bowl or something, which NCAA, to be honest, right now has no rights over because college football is run by a different committee than NCAA at this point, other than the eligibility aspects of it. But, you know, and then uh, Jimmy Harbaugh started talking to Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper, going after another college coach for some reason because I'm a smart investor. I know what I'm doing. Why am I doing a Trump accent for David Tepper? I have no idea. And then uh, talking to the Broncos ownership, which is not a surprise either. Um, but I just go, again, I'm at a point where I just go, I think he should stay and finish the damn job because he hasn't finished a job anywhere he went, (laughs) to frankly put. So if he wants to go, go. I don't give a fuck. I'm, you know, it's going to be like, thanks for the two years of, you know, back to back rebuilding the program and recognition. But at the same time, you only did for two years what Ohio State did for the last two decades. So there's that. Um, so jumping on to the main topic, which is the thing that we, I didn't have time to re-record, and frankly, I wanted things to kind of simmer down, which is the DeMar Hamlin situation. Uh, I was watching that game live, and I had absolutely no idea what the fuck was going on. And then initially, it's just like, he just fainted. And then I go, oh no. But then the way he 
collapsed, you know, is just like, hey, he must have some kind of heart condition come up. Because you wouldn't go down like that if you had an immediate neck or spinal cord injury where you just like, boom, stop. And people are calling heart attack, which is different from cardiac arrest. Look, you can get heart attack and start feeling it. Well, ah, 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 do that ah, shit. And then you could teeter along. Cardiac arrest means fucking your heart comes to a full rest at that moment. And I'm not going to go into the details of the, how it happened in this thing. We don't know. But everyone's kind of speculating at the moment. But the good news is at least he came off the breeding tube and he talked to the Buffalo Bills team on his own. You know, it's going to be a long road recovery for him, which is like, God damn, man. So many like, uh, that was the closest thing that I've seen to like a player dying on the field. And then it reminded me actually of like other heart related injury incidences over the last decade, decade and a half that I could recall, you know, uh, the, uh, who was it? The Christian Eriksen, uh, the soccer player, you know, in the Euro last year. And then he just collapsed and then they played on and then, but no one could focus on the game. So that was the most recent one. I remember Yuri Fisher, who was at the time playing for the Detroit Red Wings, he was collapsed on the bench and then they had a defibrillator, which made people talk about having defibrillators on the benches for the medical staff at the arenas. And uh, the Florida basketball kid, the COVID-19, I think he had the enlarged heart or whatever. People were you know, speculating at the time, was it COVID? Because um, it was during the 2020 season. He just collapsed. And then he just went face first. That was much scarier than this, I would say, also. Um, and then uh, there are other ones, a KHL player. Uh, I forget his name all of a sudden. Because Yammer Yager was next to him on the bench, and the kid just died. You know? Right after the heart incident. And then Jay Bomeister, the defenseman, he had his uh, heart moment. And then off the ice, like Crystal Tang has his heart condition where they have to like really regulate it. So it's it just like I, I started immediately like thinking all these like heart related things. And I just go, even the prime athletes who are tippy top of the, you know, physiological of all of us is like, you know, like. If undiagnosed, how do you diagnose it? You know, it gets you thinking. It's like it puts you into the sense of reality moments. Like, hey, these people are fucking humans too, which is what I always said. It was like, that's why I don't get like starstruck so much. It's like they're just in- incredibly physically talented, gifted people that I am not part of. But then they have the same emotions and thoughts and all that that we go through. There were kids like us at some point. You know what I mean? That's why I just go like, I don't look at him at the, such a lionized fashion like some people do, you know? And talking through all that, the main thing I wanted to get to was fucking Skip Bayless. <laughs> I, he put out the tweet during that night, and I saw it, like, when it came out, because people were talking about it. I was like, hey, hey, this happened. And I was, like, going on... I don't have a Twitter account anymore, but I still look through a searching trend or something, what happened. And then he just posts, as like, one of the things... No doubt NFL is considering postponing the rest of the game. Hang on a second. With the magic of the editing, we're back. So Skip Bayless tweet said, No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. 
And the rest of the people basically jumped in and said, how insensitive are you? You should be fired, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go through all the reply on this thing, but he apologized-ish, and then, but he kind of doubled down on it the next day and then the day after on the FS1 show. I'm not going to go through nonsensical nonsense Skip Bayless has presented over the years, over the decades, really, since he was writing for the, what is it, the Dallas Morning News uh, when he was a writer down there. You know, because one of the infamous examples of his fucking shit disturbing that he does or he has done is, uh, hey, you know, for the America's team, this is back in the 90s for the context, by the way, how is the America's team's quarterback, Troy Aikman, doesn't seem to have a woman and then imply that Troy Aikman's a homosexual? Why am I doing a side <laughs> And then Troy Aikman hasn't forgiven him since and they work under the same Fox Sports umbrella the last half decade or so. I am not going to go into like the sports yelling the 30 Rock did the uh, impression of few years ago but you know skip bayless stephen a smith all these people you know embrace debate that they whole started i think it it's gotten out of hand to a point where i realize that especially skip bayless more than stephen a smith where i go i think skip bayless totally talked himself into the gimmick which is a typical problem a lot of you know radio personalities if you think howard stern or even mike francesa down in New York, Bam McCowan in Canada, and then you're like, hey, how do you like unplug your, you know, on-air personality to the, you know, human being you are, and then you can't turn it on and off. I remember hearing the interview with Skip Bayless uh, with the one of my favorite podcasts, Recode Media, with Peter Kafka. Back in this was 2016. I didn't realize how this is how long ago it was, but he caught up with Skip Bayless. To talk about the episode is called "Why I Left ESPN for Fox Sports One" because he's just signed a massive deal uh, to start undisputed with uh, Shannon Sharp. God, I can't believe that was seven years ago already. And then I'll share the link in there, but he he doesn't sleep because the show is based out of LA. And if you watch Undisputed, I don't FS One the debate show. It starts at like nine thirty in the morning Eastern Time, so it's like six thirty out in the West Coast. And you have to come in for makeup and all that. So I'm assuming he comes in by like 4.30 in the morning Pacific time to do this show. And I'm just like, he sleeps, what, six hours, he said in this interview. And then, he, do you really believe all this shit you're saying ever since you were on the first take on ESPN Cold Pizza, whatever you would call it back in the day? And I never heard an interview where he just doubled down on it seven years ago. And he just like, he believes his shit. That he's saying, whether it's LeBron or Tom Brady, fucking all this nonsensical shit that he says just to stir shit up. And I've never, and then he makes what, $5 million a year? That was a alleged <laughs> speculated deal that he got from Fox Sports. I, I would go listen to this interview because Peter Kafka has been pretty good being a media tech journalist. You know, he has a lot of great guests on. I've been listening to it. God seven, eight years at this point since this started because I'm a bit of a media nerd with the ratings and whatever. But I just go, this guy really believes his shit. And then he, he needs to live that character to, like, I guess, produce the entertaining television, which to me is not that fucking entertaining because 
Skip went over there, and then you're going to have a debate show to kind of replicate what he did with Stephen A. Smith uh, on ESPN on the first take. But I just go like, I, I found it awfully trashy, unproductive, and also like really highly uneducational listening to this shit. Is it entertaining? I don't find it entertaining, but I know it's like what they tell you for first take or the undisputed is. This is like the barbershop debate. And I'm like, barbershop debate is one thing, but if you're like constantly, go- like, I just go like, I-, I-, I can't, I can't handle it. This has no journalistic integrity. It's kind of like Crossfire on CNN 20 years ago. I just go, what are you providing? There's no point in any of these debate shows. I just go, well, I'm with you, you know, and then that sense. I mean, I guess Damar Hamlin, Skip had such an opportunity to do that, but he fucking pooched it. But I reached a point where I don't expect it because I go, the guy believes his bullshit so much where he just absorbed in his self-image that is beyond whatever because it pays his bills. And I just go like, what more can you expect? The only way to solve this problem is walking away from the problem and not pay attention to it. Which is why I don't watch this fucking debate first take Stephen A, you know, Shannon and Skip, all that shit. I just don't. Like, the only time I would pay attention is like Mark Cuban shows up or somebody sensible shows up like JJ Reddick. His mission is to kind of like improve the, what is it, the construct, this fucking debate culture that they got is like i want him to defeat the fucking assumption in this toxic environment that we have it's like it's one thing to be entertained but it's it's another to like fucking spread with this shit and then get driven with the clickbait uh what what is it fucking gaslighting media and i go yeah so i just go skip i just have a like no expectation whatsoever and rest of it, so I just go, why am I not surprised that he fucking said that, and everyone, you know, everyone's dunking on him, I think Charles Barkley said, an asshole's in the world, <laughs> which I didn't imagine that I would hear the word asshole on TNT, that 20 years has been on television, and then also, like, Michael Strahan chimed in and said, it's very inhumane on national television, I think that's incredibly light way of putting it, but I understand it's a more of a network broadcast rather than a cable like Charles Barkley was on. And Shannon Sharp, he sounded fed up with this shit. You know, that skip, skip, you know, all that stuff. I'm doing the Jamie Foxx's impression of Shannon Sharp, if you're curious. You know, I just go, what, what is the point of this? And then it feels like even Shannon Sharp is like, I reached the end of this bullshit <laughs> after seven years. <laughs> Which is a hilarious thing to watch, but I just go, what value does he bring? Oh, he brings eyes to the television. He brings the digital numbers on YouTube. Does he, though? Does he? He's just making the same argument he's been making since he was doing with fucking Troy Aikman 30 years ago. So I'm just going, like, what difference is there? He's just a shit disturber without any input. Where he says he calls himself a journalist, but he ain't anymore. And I just go, like, I know this is a way to make money, but I just go, like, man, this is fucking sad. Stephen A, at least to be sort of self-aware... Better than Skip, in my view, to like kind of have some integrity when it comes to it. But I think that also comes into the territory that he's on ESPN, where they have a rights to so many other rights holders compared to Fox. But I just go like, even Stephen A with the Dana White stuff last week, where he just said he's my friend, and Errol Hawani just did an absolute brilliant job taking down Stephen A. Smith and ESPN's like fucking 
handling Dana White with quote the kids gloves, which is absolutely true. Because like you did you did people handle Ray Rice with the kids gloves? Fuck no. Because that's the equivalent that I can think of right now. It's like you that was caught on clip. I don't care if the woman spit on, you know, fucking allegedly started shit up. I just go, this isn't excusable. And to be honest, Dana White said it himself. But the fact that, like, at least Stephen A is, like, skirting around lightly shows you that he's at least self-aware that, like, okay, I got some lines that I got to, like, watch out for here. Whether it's as a friend, rights holder, and all that. Hell, he's getting paid $8 million to do this shit. Go listen to that episode I talked about. Add me as a fucking diversity quota, right? If Stephen A gets $8 million for that shit, give me, eight, me $800,000. Or, you know, 10% of that. To a better job than he does. And then I add the diversity quota. If you want to do it that way, Disney. So, same for Fox FS1. I offer my services. We can negotiate our terms. But I can do a much better job than what they do. And then don't come off like complete inhumane asinine of themselves. You know. And where their knowledge is like just like way too short of things. I will never forget how Skip Bayless still thinks the Seattle Seahawks play in the AFC West as if this were 1998. Yes, like he picks like, I picked the AFC West. It's going to be a great rivalry between the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. Dude, this is 2022. He said this in 2017, was it? And then I go, Skip, you completely forgot. We had a realignment. We have Houston Texans now, okay? We don't have Houston Oilers anymore. <laughs> God damn it. But the fact that People like this, I think it's kind of reaching that end point. We had that embrace the debate. And my, I have a special gripe against this whole embrace the debate, ESPN and FS1 side of things. I really think this really stoked the terrible narrative we have on Twitter that has also translated into the politics. Because clearly the popularity of ad money and then the viewing, eye viewings that it's fucking eyes that it's getting whether you know it's on YouTube or podcasts and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Instagram Reels, is these moments, and just outlandish moments, you just drop it, and then it has translated into politics too, which is why I think the CNN production went complete ape shit and became an ESPNization of a democracy, which cannot happen, and it's fucking sad. I didn't mind PTI, which was the original embrace of debate, pardon the interruption, in ESPN. But they forked that into gazillion other things and say, we're going to pivot into this trashy television. And I go, I'm for debate as long as there's a proper debate. And then the moderators who don't like out shines people and try to be louder. Molly. I just go like, you just, you just... This is not a sustainable model, especially people who are making gazillion dollars that are not adding value whatsoever. You can talk it through. That's why we have podcasts and stuff. And I think sometimes the podcasts are serving better than these debate shows. And Skip finally got caught up with his character. And then he lived long enough to see himself become the villain. And then he says, I embrace it. But I go, bullshit. And I just imagine Skip going home and doing this shit and then, like, keep talking himself up, watching sports, tweeting what he tweeted. I just go, like, how miserable. I feel sorry for him. Like, you're making $5 million a year, but I just go, like, at what cost? You lost the sight of yourself, you know? At least I think he did. Because I know he has a podcast. He's doing it with his wife. But, like, you know, you know, I feel sad. I feel sad. It's an incredible, you know cost at a sacrifice to feed the family, but I also think it in turn 
it ruined the narrative and the, just the dialogue holding in this country, which is sad. Sad. Anyways, what do you guys think? Email me aa-outlook.com. Email me at aa-outlook.com. And then, uh, hey, man, I'm still pulling through for Demar Hamlin right there. You know, and then that is a, one of the that was one of the most jarring things I've seen in my life. And then I was like, wow, are we going to see somebody die on the field in the NFL in the modern day in this century for the first time? I'm glad it didn't happen, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, see you next week. Bye. <laughs>